Man, here we go. We're on show. Joey Cantlin. How are we? Mate, I'm amazing, thank you. I know you are. Do you like my tunes? Sensational. I'm just waiting to pop up on my Zoom here. Ah, oh, he's back. Look, it's a... <laughs> uh, this is, this is a hat-trick for you, isn't it? Three three sessions back, how do you feel? Do you feel like the privileged one, the chosen one, or are you just Joey? I feel I feel like it's a big deal to be on your show. Yeah, I'll, I'd make a big anyone deal. Of it too. Asked me, anyone, anyone else had to ask me, I'd be like, eh, you know. <laughs> Make up some excuse, you're, you're busy or you're flat out or something. <laughs> Legit. What's been happening in the last seven days since I last seen you, Joey? Anything new? Give us something. Can you give me something good other than... You know, I'm working, I'm busy. Everyone says that. Can you give me something? Just something, anything. Um, well, obviously, I've been working, um, <laughs> getting a bit busier. But, Joey, what did I just but, say? <laughs> but this week, basketball goes back. So I'm back playing basketball. I love it. This week. Yes. So I do have something new. Yeah. So next time we chat, I will have been playing again. So I might even have something even more new for you. But we're back this week. So I've had to um, adjust my training a little bit now because I'm probably going to have to be taking... Uh, the weight training a little bit easier to avoid any sort of injury and i'll probably have to drop a little bit of weight as well that's a good conversation actually isn't it that's another for, for another day but i wouldn't what what just just for the for for a viewer's perspective naturally you know we're in the same boat here as i kick off indoor soccer in a you know in a week and a half as well so you know i've probably carrying about two kilos extra than i would like but i've got a goal in mind so i just might have to grin and bear it and but what, what, what about yourself? What, what are you planning? So you, you just want to sharpen up a little bit for the field or take a bit of load off your body so, you know, your joints don't cop a load on the basketball field? What, what are you thinking? Well, given, given the position that I predominantly play as like a point guard or a two guard, which is someone who handles the ball a lot, um, if I've been training a lot of weights, I typically get very, very tight across my chest and my shoulders, which makes it very hard to move my shoulders quite freely mm. um, and to do dribble moves. Um, push harder off the dribble that, that makes it a little bit harder and obviously just having a little bit of extra weight on you puts a little bit more stress on your hips and your knees because obviously there's a lot of um a, a fair bit of jumping and a lot of explosive movements and training needs to change to sort of accommodate that as well yeah interesting so are you obviously you're training during the week a couple of times what what happens there so you you're going to increase your calories to to offset the energy expenditure during a basketball game so it's a it's a good Again, this is a good in a good starting conversation because we're going to be talking obviously about fat loss, mm. but it goes to show that the the diverse of you know people when you're crossing over sports that don't really go together, there yeah. there, there are a few things you can manipulate, but but it's doable. So, what what so so what what are your plans? What what are you thinking? Say nutrition wise on days that you got to train, for example, or, or game day, you're going to eat any any more, or you're going to just find a flat value and and just roll with it. Uh. Um, I'll probably probably kick off a quick quick fat loss phase. So I'll probably run a calorie deficit for maybe two or three weeks to try and shift a couple of kilos. And then I'll probably just bring my calories back to maintenance, but make sure I yep. consume uh, more carbohydrate in maybe one to two days leading up, depending on how I'm feeling. Um, and just change training up. I'll probably go back to two to three resistance training sessions a week and just do full body workouts. Mm. Um, so I'm still keeping everything going and change change a lot of the exercise selection to things that, have a little bit more specificity to improving, you know, speed, agility, vertical jump and endurance and stuff like that. And obviously a lot more cardio. So a little bit more work on the spin bike, a little bit more, more work on the rowing machine, a little bit more running. 
Yeah, that's cool, eh? Yeah, when I when I we go back to obviously indoor soccer, so they're only forty minute games. But I tell you, like the basketball, they're they're pretty sharp forty minutes, you know. Oh, so they are, yeah. you're on point the whole time, and and I find for me, I'd. I don't like eating a lot on a game day for some reason because I don't like it sitting on me. That's my, whether it does yeah. or not or whether it's psychological, but I'm always making sure I'm just having normal meals. But usually during the game, I'll probably have about, you know, maybe 30 lollies on hand or always have a Gatorade. So either way, I'm going to get 50 grams of carbs of fuel that's going to go straight in. And I find for me, I like to run lighter. So I don't like to have big meals and feeling heavy if yeah. I want to be sharp on the ball. So but it's really each to your own, like how long's a piece of string, Joey? You know, there's no real secret. It's a matter of what works best for you and and roll with it. It's it's funny you mention that because right now in my um, postgraduate diploma that I'm studying, um, our current module is actually on um, the the gut in relation to the athlete, and you pretty much touched on it just there. Is it comes down to the specific individual. Some people get a lot of gastrointestinal disturbance on game day or event day. Um, from eating certain foods and other people don't so it's all about accommodating to the specific person and what they typically respond to better because we've got all this data and we can say that people can tolerate this and people can tolerate that but the problem is that no one person is the same and they're all just averages some people can't even handle any food right before they they do a race or they do a game some people just need to have an empty stomach some people can't operate with without anything in them some people need to have 100, 150, upwards of 200 grams of carbs a day. So Yeah, that's it's, fascinating. Yeah. I, it's a good point you say that because I remember the times when, you know, I was playing obviously outdoor soccer going back, you know, a few years ago now in my mid-30s. And, and I, I'm a bit of a nervous wreck when it comes to sport because I'm <laughs> so competitive and I always want to perform. So I couldn't eat on show day. So I had to go buy these shakes, that, these protein shakes that actually had about 1,000 calories. So I'd wake up yeah. in the morning and I'd be throwing, like literally they'd be around, I don't know, 100 carbs, maybe 50 fats and 50 protein. The calories is astronomical. But I'd be throwing down a double serve of them in the morning and maybe one about lunch to kick off about three in the afternoon. And and, and I've already consumed around that 2,500 calories. So that was enough for me. Then I'd be sipping on two pay, two Gatorades sorry, during during the game. And for me, that's a... And it's adequate fuel. It didn't sit on me because nerves can get the better of people too. So that's going to stop their performance because they can't actually absorb the calories because they nor can they eat. So, you know, they, these are these are cool. This is a great conversation for another day when we're talking, you mm. know, fuel, fuel and athletes, no matter what sport you are. And th- there's so many different variables that we can throw in there. But, but that ain't the topic today, Joey. That is correct. <laughs> what is the topic today? is the top 10 reasons why you are not losing body fat. Now, if we do a quick recap without taking too much time on that on last week, anyone that missed it last week, you can go back into into my videos on this page and you'll be able to catch it. It was a great chat. And the first one, number 10, we had there, obviously, metabolism, we touched on that. Number nine, we touched on the mental well-being of individuals and stroke not being ready. Uh, Training intensity being too low, Joey. And number seven was not enough food under eating and then expecting to go into a calorie deficit while your calories are excessively low and poor diet in history, which we thought was a, was a huge conversation. And that one's massive because if you are any kind of coach, you know, your first question you want to ask, you need to know someone's diet in history. So if someone's come to you and all of a sudden they've, they might have their calories to a certain point because they've been binge eating, so they put a lot of weight on, but they might have come off five yo-yo dieting, uh, diet attempts, or they might have come off multiple challenges, little eight-week challenges. So that's a, it's a big, um, it's a big cross when it comes to someone trying to get himself in a shape. So 
So today we're going to talk about the, I wouldn't really say these are more important than the other ones, but probably when we get to number one, that's number two, they're probably the first things that, that come to our mind as coaches. But let's start, let's go to number five here, Joey. Let's get right into it. So so this is an interesting one and, and, and the viewers might have to think about this one for a second, but we'll go into detail. So too much cardio. So, so let's say, Joey, for example, I'm going to go into a, a preparation for a show and I'm going to be dieting for 20 weeks and I'm playing soccer, you know, five times a week and I'm surfing twice a week and I'm training five times a week and I'm now I'm actually about to go on a calorie deficit. So you can already see there's going to be some sort of issue here where my, my steps, if you want to call them, my output of energy is excessively high. So to start a preparation, I've kind of thrown all my eggs in one basket. So by the time I get down to 10 weeks out when I'm excessively tired, I won't be surfing and I won't be playing that much soccer. Now all of a sudden I'm on lower calories and now what's going to be happening is my output of energy is going to reduce because I'm going to be excessively tired. So for me to actually keep up with that demand, I'm going to need to be doing more than what I was doing at the start. Okay, I now got to go play 10 games of soccer during the week. You want to just finish on what I've just spoken about there, Joey, because this is a huge issue. Yeah, I think you pretty much, you summed it up really well. It's whatever you're doing at the start, you're probably going to have to do more towards the end anyway. And I think this, this is why um, tracking things like our steps is a fantastic tool um, because you can, you can monitor the expenditure and you can ensure that that person is outputting the same sort of expenditure every day. Mm. Now, back, back, you know, three, four, five years ago, people weren't really doing this. So it was always diet, 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 diet. And then you get towards that midpoint and everyone would stall. Mm. And you'd be going, what's going on? Is this person not sticking to their diet? But then as you know, time has progressed and we've, we've got a little bit smarter with everything, we realize that, hey, it's smarter to keep your energy constant. But if you start all the way up here, as you get more and more tired, if that, that's not like a typical part of your daily life, doing all that extra stuff, eventually it's going to get to the point where you're going to want to stop doing that. And that could slow your fat loss down or stop it completely. I love it. I love it. And, and I think, you know, as a, as a conclusion for people listening on that point there, you know, the first thing I would get athletes to do, getting ready for any sort of mini cart show or, or you know, even just a, some sort of challenge, I would be pulling out for a month prior or, or basically non-essential exercise. So, any yeah. cardio look look let's be realistic if i'm in prep and i'm and i'm happy to play a 40 minute game of indoor soccer a week look it's it's not the end of the world it's, as long as it's you know tracked and we it's a variable we know that can be adjusted if need be but yeah. i would be pulling all cardio back all exercise for about four four weeks or so prior to start any preparation so then there's no adaptation for the body with that amount of output of energy because you don't want to be six weeks out from a show or your end of your mini challenge and all of a sudden you now need to start increasing cardio when you've already been doing it playing soccer 10 yeah. times a week it's, it's just logically not going to happen and and this is a hard thing to get people's head to understand this but you know, you can't throw all your eggs in one basket. If you want to get any goal, you want to be successful in any goal, it's all about consistency, preparation, and dotting the I's and having a detailed plan, Joey. You've got, we've, we've got to have it all to the point where we know what's happening between week 20 and 16. We know what's going to happen between, you know, week 16 and week 12, 12 to 8, etc. Like that's would you say would be the most important thing from a coaching perspective. Mm. Yeah, planning, effective planning for any prep or 
any fat loss phase really is, is really important because you can't, I guess you can't, um, you can't manipulate what you don't measure. Mm. So if you're not measuring output, you can't really change that. Um, and like when we talk about, you know, expenditure or cardio, always like, or any, anything in prep, um, but cardio falls under this is we've, we've got certain tools that we can use and cardio is one of them. Now, when you build a house, and you've got wood, you've got nails, or whatever. You're not gonna, th- you're not gonna hammer in all the bloody nails into that first joint of the house. Yeah, that's like throwing all your cardio in at one, one go. Hit. Yeah, no, totally. You're, you're out of nails. There's only, there's only so many nails you can use. Just like there's only so much cardio you're gonna be able to do before it gets to the point where it's severely impacting your performance in the gym. And if you can't perform in the gym you can't retain lean body mass. That's right. And, and, and while we talk about cardio and while we state these, look, there, there are people that, you know, do need cardio daily. And, but, you know, if mm. they went into a prep, you're not going to start them doing, you know, an hour or two no. a day, week, 20 weeks out. You would build the process up. And that's why having a clean slate at the start of the prep, you want to be doing, you know, minimal hit. You want to be doing minimal cardio and you want to just keep your steps at, around a constant level wherever you tend to have them. If they're 10,000 in the off season, well, so be it. Just keep it going. And as things start to slow down, instead of dropping calories, you can, rather one, you can put a bit of a walk in there or you can throw a hit in there. You know, some yeah. hits can be good, but also not everyone can effectively hit hit training. You know what I mean? Because the intensity of hit training can be excessively high. So yes, everyone says hits better over, you know, just a walk ball. Is it really? Not really. Again, it's individualized. And that's coaching for you again, coaching 101 is that, you know, if you have a like an, a big sort of endomorph style person on the bigger frame, giving them a hit session, they're probably not going to maximize it. And they, it's no disrespect. That's just a fact is they would be probably better to offset calories by just moving, increasing steps, walking an hour, walk, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. So, so I think yeah, if, if that person has more, more weight to lose or more fat to strip off for a prep or a fat loss phase or whatever then it might be worthwhile just doing low intensity cardio if they do have to do more cardio because it's less impact, it's less intense, it's going to affect their training performance with their resistance training a lot less as well. Um, Over the years, I've sort of steered a little bit away from HIIT cardio. I still use it occasionally, but I do a lot more low intensity cardio. Uh, A lot of my clients don't really do a lot of cardio now except for the steps because a lot of the time you you give 10,000 steps to the average person They've got to go for a walk. Anyway. A lot of moving. Yeah. It's way so more than you think. It's, it comes, it falls under the same category as low intensity cardio, I guess. Yeah. It's fun. It's funny, isn't it? And, and then when we talk about heat as well, where he can have a massive value and look there and there's pros and cons, you know, heat also can be very time effective. So if yeah. we, if we had someone that was actually pretty highly strung and go, go and, and they've only got to work hit for 10 minutes and they can maximize it. Well, they're going to get value for money for that when they just might go, you know what, Leon, I don't have an hour a day to go walk in and get my steps up. Mm, That's okay. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. So we got to sort of, all right, come to the party and make sort of mutual agreement there. And again, back to the coaching 101, you know, that's why no one size fit plan fits all you. We do have to adjust, manipulate and find the best plan that suits an individual. That's exactly right. And yeah. So Joey, we're going to duck onto number four. Okay. So, now I put on here not enough muscle mass, and the reason why I do that is because muscle mass controls metabolism. Okay, so it's very important. So I'm going to say that again: muscle controls metabolism. So there's a point where if if someone has minimal muscle on their frame and they're only just just starting, and they want to all of a sudden go into some sort of 20 week preparation or a mini cut, it, the, the, their, their progress may be excessively slow. If they're and plus if their calories aren't super high. 
they don't have the muscle mass as well to drive that metabolism to a good sufficient point. So, and this could also equate to someone that's just come off multiple mini cuts. They've come off, uh, 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 say they've, they, that they did a show in October, for example, and they want to compete again in, in April, six months later, and, and they've dieted prior to that for 20, 30 weeks, and they lost a lot of muscle mass, and they're trying now to do it again. You know, their, their metabolic capacity, as we know, is going to drop, and a lot of it can come down to obviously the, the dieting phase, but the muscle mass, they just don't have sufficient muscle, Joey, on their frame. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of things that contribute to overall metabolic rate or overall maintenance calories, but lean body mass is a, is a very big one. Typically, the smaller the person, the smaller the maintenance calories. In most cases, obviously, there's, there's genetic outliers and there are other factors that contribute to that, but for the most part, muscle mass, yes, it, it does have a pretty big impact on metabolism. And, and as well, if you're trying to get shredded for a show and you don't have enough mus- muscle, you can be 5% body fat and you still might not look lean enough because you actually have to have that muscle there to show through. Like if you've got no, no musculature in your arms, they'll, they'll just look soft anyway. Flat. And that's right. There's, there's no muscle volume to actually push towards the skin. So you can go and, and I guess if I elaborate on that, Joey, and give a a little bit of example, if I go back about maybe four years ago, I remember when I did a, a 35 week prep and I come in, relatively lean after 35 weeks and then I had basically eight weeks off and then I wanted to compete again at the the end of the year and and I did so and I didn't put on too much weight but all I had to do was lose around six seven kilos and I couldn't even do that in 20 weeks all I did was my calories prior the year I I started it I got lean on around 300 carbs and and believe it at the end of the, the end of the year when I went for the next show I was on 50 carbs, cardio, and I could not even get lean. And I was so much smaller than what I was the show prior. So this is my point of view. When anyone's thinking of doing, you know, back-to-back shows or back-to-back seasons or back-to-back challenges, you got to think about the muscle mass. You are going to lose some unless you're enhanced. You have, you're more inclined to keep the muscle mass. But again, we're talking to the general population and in the natural world predominantly here. So we are going to find that, you know, if you haven't got the muscle mass on your frame, the chances of getting, you know, striated glutes if you're doing bodybuilding or even getting to a great shape, it's just not going to happen. And I've seen it time and time again. So the only rectification there is is time under the bar, Joey. It is. You're right. It, I couldn't have said that better myself. And like you said, like if you want striated glutes, the thing is you better have a shitload of muscle there because mm. most people, the glutes carry a hell of a lot of fat. Yeah, And people go like, oh, look at the size of my glutes in my off-season. My glutes are going to look awesome on stage. And then they end up like little walnuts. <laughs> I, think you and I, I, think, I think you and I both have a big fat storage down there, Joey. Yeah, mate. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe it's the sport we play. Maybe it, maybe, it, maybe it enhances my soccer and it enhances your basketball. What do you reckon? I'm just going to blame it on my parents. Just genetics, mate? Just genetics, <laughs> That's it. Good, good one, Joey. All right, we're going to move on now to a very important one. The number three is I was simply not tracking everything effectively. Okay, so, yeah. so, so this, 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 yeah, this conversation can go on for probably all night now. I'll get you to take this away, Joey. There's so many points that we can chat about here, but not not tracking effectively. We, we could be talking about that get guesstimating and <laughs> licking the spoon off the peanut butter. Oh, I, or, or did that, but nobody saw that, did they? Yeah. Or, or if I if I don't put it in my fitness pal, does it count? It doesn't count. It didn't happen. <laughs> Take it away. What else? What else can you throw out there? So I think like um, 
well, not I think, I know. People are just bad at estimating how much, uh, how many calories or macronutrients are in certain foods. There is actually like reviewed papers and studies that prove that people, um, they underestimate how many calories they eat in a day or they overestimate how many calories or how much they move mm. in a day. So not only is it like we think that, we know that. Um, people are just bad at estimating. And then you've got the whole tracking thing. And look, sometimes people just forget to track certain things. And look, if you forget, you forget, whatever. But some people don't think to track the milk in their coffee. Some people don't think to track the, the bite of that friend's muffin that they had at breakfast. <laughs> some people forget to track those few beers that they have. Oh, but it's not food. So, I, you know, it's yeah. all right, isn't it? It doesn't have any carbs. It's only got alcohol. Actually, right. stop. And, and what? And why you're saying that note before I forget, and that's a great point. I'm glad you said that because, you know, someone also can, uh, and during prep, I've had guys that say, yeah, I, I had two beers on the weekend, but they're only 4.1 grams of carbs. I said, no, you're a dick. I said, did you track it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, your total calories would have come up on your app anyway. So yeah. because it, while you might have four grams of carbs, but again, you, it's made up of alcohol sugar. So your times that printed, there's about 25 grams of alcohol sugar times that by four, there's a hundred, there's a hundred calories right there. Plus the four grams it's about 116 basically there. So you've got to make sure, well, for starters, you don't drink in prep anyway. But yeah. but but second, you know what I mean? You can't just sometimes go off labels too. You might have a protein bar that's a low-carb protein bar and go, well, I just had this protein bar. It's only four grams of carbs. So I had plenty of carbs left. I was at, I, I'm having 200 grams of carbs a day and, I, and I'm on 195 and this protein bar has five grams, but it got, it's got 20 grams of um of fiber as well so yeah but, 20 grams of sorbitol in it <laughs> that's it so you've got you've got all these fibers and artificial sweeteners that actually alcohol sugars i should say that do have hidden calories in them so so my point is when when, when you know sometimes the best method when you are in preparation is going bro there, there it, it is it is it's easier to track it is, and and what and why you know that the world's kind of turned the last five years about flexible dieting, which is amazing. I, I love it, but at the end of the day, my flexible dieting for people is you know what you can have you can have steak tonight over fish, and you can instead of having fish, you can have chicken the next day, and you don't have to have rice today. You can have a nice <coughs> wrap or something like that, Joey. Would you would you agree? Like for people listening, simplifying the goal, and it takes away the guess. It mm. takes away, you can't forget what you're doing because you kind of know what you're doing and it becomes routine. Yeah, big time. I think like incorrectly tracking falls, like that falls under the category of incorrectly tracking too. It's kind of kind of taking the piss out of flexible dieting and mm. using all your carbs on things like donuts and chocolate. And like, sure, we can fit them in, but there's no micronutrients there. You don't know if it's 100% accurate. It's not good quality sources of carbohydrates, so you're not you're not going to be utilizing those calories very well. Um, I think, yeah, like you said, flexible dieting is great, but I think people over the last yeah, you know, like two three years when it's become very very popular, they sort of take the piss a bit, and mm. we've got to understand that flexible dieting it's not it's not a I won't say it's a way of dieting, but it's a, it's a way it's a way to track our nutrition approach and it's a way to manipulate our nutritional approach to fat loss, muscle gain, prep, whatever it is. It's more of a tool than anything. Yeah, look, at the end of the day, if, if, you, if you've got a goal in hand, look, there, there, there comes a time where, you know what, you're going to have to drop the shit food. At end of story, and, and it's, just, it's just how it is. You know what I mean? If you're, yeah. if you're dead set serious about your goal, you're not going to go and have that big untracked cheat meal on the weekend and stuff like that. Times are changing. People's bodies, to be very honest, are not what they were five years ago. 
I'm fine and there's life, there's stress, there's hormones, there's years and years of yo-yo dieting. There's so many factors that come into play now that are affecting people's weight loss. So for me, I've gone way more stricter when it comes to, you know, doing people. Sometimes I've even had to do a lot of meal plans now, which I never done five years ago. But at the end of the day, if I can set a meal plan that the client's happy to have and we can maybe adjust it every sort of week or two, maybe change the food out here and there, the guessing goes, we know what they're doing. The weights are all there because I've already weighed everything out, everything's set for them. So, and, and that's another thing too, you're talking cooked or uncooked. You know what I mean? Sometimes you might have some chicken and go, oh, I've weighed it beforehand, but the other night I did it cooked. Well, yeah. there, there's about 10 grams of protein between the both. If you had a yeah. serving of maybe 150 grams of chicken or something yeah. like that. So if it's cooked or uncooked, the, values, yeah. the value will change. Yeah, it matters. I think it matters a lot less of, it matters a lot less how you do it, whether you do it cooked or uncooked, than how consistently you do it. You can't, you can't have all your food, you, you know, track your food cooked one night and then track it all uncooked the next because, like you said, there's variances. Pick one and stick with it. I, funnily enough, I actually, in my first ever prep, I tracked everything as cooked weight. Yeah. My next prep, I tracked everything as uncooked weight. It didn't really change too much because I didn't notice the difference because I was doing both Same. consistently anyway. So like- it doesn't really matter that much. I actually had this conversation with a client the other day and he was he was up in arms about it. He was freaking out. It's like, oh, I've been doing it this way. And I said, mate, it doesn't really matter too much. Just stick consistent with your approach. I- and that's the biggest thing is like, again, it comes down to tracking properly is sometimes people just aren't consistent with how they do things. Yeah, it's a bit. It's a big. It's a big point. And 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 the listeners now, like guys, if you have any questions that you, you're unsure about or something we haven't covered, or you you want us to elaborate on something, please let us know. We're happy. We've we've got the chat open now, so there's plenty of people tuned in, which is fabulous. Now, Joey, I, I guess um yeah, on that notice, like I'm a I'm a big cooked tracker. I always yep. have been, just for the sheer fact that if, if I'm going, I just find it personally easier once I've cooked a whole heap of food. It's there, yeah, and then agreed. I can. And, and so I can just keep it consistent. So it doesn't matter which process you want to take. The only thing That's, is, exactly. it's just as long as you're consistent. Look, you, you're going to have things, I think, I guess the thing that'll, that'll, that'll change the, the, probably cooked rice and oats are two things that you've just got to be careful with as well. Because, you know, obviously if someone's, you know, they, they, they get, they're mixing up the both and they're going, oh, they got cooked chicken or uncooked chicken and they've got cooked rice or uncooked rice or, or they're doing oats raw as, as long as, because if I'm talking cooked chicken, but oats is something that I would measure raw. It's just yeah. how it is. So so yeah. there'll be a couple of things that will change a little bit, but as long as the sequence through the whole lot is is pretty consistent, we, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, consistency is key and it, it matters a lot less how you do it. it it matters more how consistent you are with it. So definitely, and th- th- there shouldn't be anyone on a weight loss goal that doesn't have some kitchen scales. Okay, yes, yes. We, we, we've got about bloody five in our kitchen. Yeah, you you have got scales for this type of food. She's got scales for this type yeah. of food. And she she eats the same thing every day as well. She's she's very much routine based, but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm always like, which which scales can I use? Which ones are you not using? <laughs> and and you, and you, and you got to be honest too. It's like you know, it's like there's times when you know you, you've had a beer and you're getting close to your calories at the end of the day, and you've had a beer and you go, oh, what if I just don't put that in? Then it doesn't. It, then it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
exactly. And so that's you, you got to be true and honest to yourself. And like, don't don't kid yourself because I you're only kidding yourself. Your goals, you know what I mean. And look, coaches aren't stupid. We're not stupid. Yeah, at the end of the day, when you check in with your coach, they're going to be like, all right, stop taking the piss. Mate. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we're not we're not here to get angry or yell at everyone. We're just here to no. get get people where they want to get. You know, I'll, I'll get angry if you lie about it, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get upset if you don't if you don't lie. About you it. Don't get be it. honest, so I can fix it. How can your face get angry, Joey? That's that uh, you're right. You don't fire up. Do you fire up a lot? Ask the missus, I can get pretty angry. Do you really? When no, you, sometimes, yeah. When you, when, not, not at clients, no. At her? Nah, nah, just like in general. Like, for example, if I kick my toe on the edge of the table, it, You'll just I'll get be swearing and carrying on for about half an hour. Really? Yeah, yeah I've right. got a pretty short temper, actually. That's it. Wait, what are you are you grumpy on the field? What, what happens if you lose a game of basketball? Are you like have a oh, sook, yeah, sooky la la and stuff? Or don't don't talk to me. Really? Are you on. like that? Are you a sook? Oh, mate! As a kid, I was spoiled brat. No, no, far <laughs> from that. But as a kid, not to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I was one of those kids that for some reason I was just I was good at everything. You're turning your you you are turning your own horn. Yeah, well, I am too too. <laughs> I, I hated to lose. I hated to lose no matter what it was. I was like a child version of Michael Jordan. Yeah, I right. Hated to lose. Wow. And I would try and win everything at all costs. In If it was in a game of footy, if I had to do it myself, I'd do it just to win. Game of basketball, if I had to do it myself, I'd do it to win. If I had to play an ugly fashion in tennis, if it made me win, I'd do it. Yeah, okay. Any, anything, I'd no matter what, as long as I could win. So what? Right. So if I lose, even on a team sport, I, I, That's it. I every time That's it. you know we lose a game, I take the responsibility myself. I take that on because I always say I'm like, oh, I could have done this. I could have done this. Why didn't I just do it myself? So what happened in bodybuilding then? <laughs> <laughs> I blame that on my parents. I said thanks for the shit you did. <laughs> you know what? It's funny because in this sport, you know, you and I've always said, you know, you can give it. You can, and I'll, actually, I'll use me as an example. I'm probably actually a prime example where my, I do the work, I put the effort in, I stay leaner than most probably in the off season. I diet so diligent, I'm to the gram, everything is on point, and I can still get smashed. Yeah, you can still come dead last. <laughs> that's it, that's and, exactly. And the person who come first probably put in about forty percent. Yeah, that's it, and and I and I've proven that. So, but anyway, well, can, can you slam dunk? Uh, not quite. I'm, I'm I'm a little bit too short. I think if I was probably two or three inches taller, Ooh, okay. and that's still pretty short for someone who can dunk, I'd still be able to dunk. My vertical's not too bad. Have you tried like hanging upside down and getting moon boots and trying to stretch your spine <laughs> out an extra couple of inches or so? I haven't, but maybe maybe I do need to try that. Just an idea. Anyway, and en- en- enough for that. Number two, number two, we're going to break it down to. Stress and hormones, Joey. This is this is huge. This this is a massive one, and I'm finding stress is almost the number one. You know what I mean? But it can't be the number one because we can't have two number ones. So we tossed up which one would be number one here, but we'll get to number one very shortly. But stress, stress is is the is the killer. Stress, Joey. Let's let, let I'll let you run it away. I'll let you start because I always say that you're going to start. Then I jump in, don't I? I say <laughs> I say <laughs> you. I don't mind. I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. You get then you can steal all my answers. Alrighty, yeah, exactly. <laughs> stress, Joey. Let's talk about stress. This is this is the silent killer, isn't it? It is. Um, I find when people are stressed, it can, it can actually alter. Um, it can alter slightly your hormones as well, so they kind of plug into each other. Like, mm. for example, even with females, like I know when females are very, very highly stressed, sometimes this can throw out the menstrual cycle, and 
when the menstrual cycle is in play, we get fluctuations in hormones as well. So even just that, um, stress can sometimes affect, affect your ability to stick to your diet as well. It can affect your ability to perform well in the gym. It can affect everything out, outside of your brain. So yeah. the more you stress, the more, the more at risk you become of going off track of your goals for one, but two, experiencing, you know, physiological sort of um, disturbances, so to speak. You open yourself up to a lot of problems when you're, when you're very highly stressed. Now, obviously, that's different from the hormonal side of things, but... Yeah, stress can play a massive role. Oh, definitely. And, and I guess, Joey, you know, you, you'd even got to think about, you know, from a coach's perspective, when someone is, you know, got a lot going in life and there's a lot of stresses going on, I think dieting is the last thing that should be happening. Oh, yeah. Be, because, you know, and, and I think, again, as coaches, it's something that you've got to advocate and, and be strong-headed towards to go, you know, you, you've only got the individual's health at, at heart here. That's all we're sort of worried about. And you don't want someone to go while, while they're stressed and life is sort of taken over for them at the moment. The last thing you want to do is throw them in a weight loss journey. Then after a month or so, their bodies isn't losing any body fat at all. But now, now we've got another stress to worry about. So not only are they trying to focus on life itself, they're now trying to focus on wondering why they can't lose body fat. So, so what we're like, we understand that we've spoken about it. Now, how can we overcome it? I, I might, I might start here, Joey. And there's a few things that I would look at as well. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we're going to override what we said before about the about the about doing the cardio at the start of prep. Sometimes giving someone a 20-minute walk, you know, to clear their head, play a bit of music yeah, and, and indicating and talking to people about, you know, meditating and, and just finding, finding places where they can just relax and calm down or whether they've got to see – you know, you seek some professional advice, whether it's a counsellor, some some psychology, and maybe address their issues. Because if that goal, if that weight loss journey is very important to them, and there's a lot of people that need to go on weight loss journeys that do have a lot going on, and let's be realistic that when we're talking, you know, someone that that may have some mental illness, it can come with side effects of weight gain. So naturally, that's that's now affecting them as well. So they not only have they got the mental illness now? They've got the weight gain. So we do want to somehow be able to get them in shape. But sometimes you and I both know it's not going to happen because of the stress of their body. So this is where my head comes in. And this is where I've always, my, my methods, methodology is actually what I built my gym here for is specifically to only have one-on-one -on -one in there so I can work on the psychology Joey of individuals that's been my method because if I can sometimes we're not even training Joey sometimes it's more it's a therapy that I'm giving them and I think that's priceless because if I can see them for that hour and I can get in their mind and debrief and get them talking get them to open up and let them know that I'm there for them it's it goes so far and then it just may help them kick on for the next six days until I see them because if they're if they're stressed they may not be training they may have the motive lack of motivation to get up etc but if I can pick them up and, 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 you know, let them know that, you know, I've got their back, that just may be enough to help them move forward. So I think as from a coach's perspective, it's something that, you know, it would help every coach to really understand the, the, the psychology of people. And sometimes it's just listening. Being a coach is just being the listener and understanding to go, you know what, okay, we've, we've listened, we've identified there's a few things here which is adding the stress to yourself. We want to get our weight loss journey up and running. So maybe we need to refer you over to professionals it's not it's something that coaches don't have to deal with but what they can do is take the information understand where the individual is at and then use the professionals that are around so now we're using you know the the, the clinical psychologists the counselors psychiatrists 
the local GPs, whatever it might be. So then we have a team working around for this individual that is going through some hard times. And then the pressure kind of comes off us as well. And the pressure is a little bit off them knowing that, you know what, we got all these avenues. We've, we've built this support team for you so you can get your goal. Yeah. It's, it's also important, like like you said, like it's, it's easy enough to refer to a psychologist, counsellor and stuff like that. It's, all, it's important to identify where the stress is coming from as well. Exactly. Um, and like you said, just listening and paying attention and trying to identify where that stress is coming from because sometimes it's, it's oh, I'm very stressed. Oh, we'll do this, this, this and this. That will help. But what if the stress isn't coming from the place that you, you would just assume? You know, someone might be better off, you know, catching up with their friends and going out for a night on the drinks or something that might help them reduce stress drastically. Yep. Some people might be better off, you know, signing up for a team sport every week. Some people might need to go see a psychologist. Some people should meditate. You know, it, it's all different and there's, there's different coping mechanisms for every type of stress. But we, I mean, you know, when you're in a fat loss phase or a prep, you're already putting your body under stress, you're, you're under stress physiologically and physically. 100%. If you're extremely stressed psychologically, then you're ticking all three boxes and your body's not really going to want to play ball if you're, if you're stressed out in every single aspect. And I've, I've prepped, like a lot of the clients that I work with, they stay with me for very long periods of time. Then I'll often prep them for multiple shows over multiple years. And I've had instances where they'll, they'll do a prep and they, they got, absolutely shredded we didn't have any problems and the next prep they might have something going on in their life and they might be a little bit more highly strung and stressed had so much more so much more trouble trying to get them lean and that was the only variable that changed that they were more stressed in their day-to-day life so i know we've got all these papers and these research and things like that but at the end of the day you've got to pay attention to the trends yeah I, I, i always find like people who are highly strong i always have a harder time getting them leaner yeah, look, yeah, Joey, it's so spot on, buddy. And, and and I guess if I, I don't know if anyone, I'm going a little bit off the radar here, but I'm there'll be a there'll be a meaning to my madness here. But I was watching The Voice last night, and and I love The Voice. It's probably one time I sit down with a family and sit there and watch it. And anyway, this this lady come up and she had a very unique voice, incredible voice. But anyway, she didn't get chosen, and obviously she was very upset. Now. She got the feedback from the judges and the feedback was she was she her voice is amazing she she's different she's unorthodox but she's too shy and, she, and they didn't she didn't show her personality or didn't show her, her her the true her true self so what happened was you know she had kind of broke down and 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 she said how what's your response to that and she's like well i want to know well, okay are you guys do you guys give us honest feedback are you guys being honest because I didn't even want to be on this show. I was just forced to come on this show, so I didn't even know if I'm any good. Are you guys saying I'm good now and you're telling me I didn't give personality? She goes, I don't know what to believe anymore. And to cut a long story short, what it got down to was she said, you guys don't know what I'm going through. Mm. And how fascinating was that? So on live TV, she sort of given it a little bit back to the judges, but she didn't mean to. She just broke down. And, and if that lady maybe had of, and, and obviously Guy, the coach, he said, well, I can only work with what's in front of me. If you're not actually going to tell me what's going on or inform me what actually is happening in your personal yeah. life, I can, I'm not a mind reader. I know something's going on. I know you're not yourself, but if you're not going to tell me, I can't help you. So th- this goes with life in general itself. And this could be talking about, you know, anyone having personal problems and, 
you know, just spe- just speaking up and speaking to your coach, speaking, and if it's any personal issue, speak to somebody, anyone, just get it off your chest, then people can understand that is why that individual is the way they are. And and I've noticed in society as well, and just in life in general, people are, whether people are moody, grumpy, tired, irritable, there's a lot of reasons behind that. Sometimes it's not, that's not who we are. That's not how we're born. Sometimes it's people have got things going on. And this is where li- listening to people, back to our comment earlier, Joey, is one of the most important things. Just listen to people. It's priceless. You just can't, I can't express to people how important it is just to sit back and listen. And if you do, you'll find out, you know, what people are really going through because there's a lot of people in this world at the moment that need, need someone to listen to them. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like also um, just people in general, they don't, they don't listen with the intent to listen. They yeah. listen with the intent to respond. Absolutely. A lot of the time when people talk, we we. Feel I want to like talk over you like this, Joey. What? What? Yeah. yeah. People people want to yeah. people want to have something to say back, and people want to respond. But sometimes you shouldn't respond. Sometimes people just want to be heard. Some people just want to be understood. They don't want a solution. They don't want you to try and help them. They just want to be heard. Yeah, it's 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 but so true. We're getting we're getting deeper and yeah. deeper anyway, but. But but it but it's important and it's it's very important when we're talking stress and hormones as coaches because sometimes you know you know we can turn around and some coaches are going to say oh you you're not sticking to your diet I've got everything planned but they could be they they actually they, could. They could be and they're probably just as confused as you it, are that's exactly right so sometimes you know by asking the questions listening digging deeper you know what I mean and and building that rapport I think having been been a good coach I, I, I I'm kind of like you and me are very the same where we have a team that. You know, pretty pretty close knit team. You know, on show day we're always sort of coming together, and my, my guys will say hello to yours, and vice versa. And it's and and I think that's a reflection of the coach in that as well. And I think that's unreal that it's like that. And you got more, you got you're more inclined to get having that close relationship with your clients that they will be more inclined to let them know, let you know where they are. And, and yeah, I, and they'll I, be honest. They'll be more honest. Yeah, definitely. So, so, so I think we, we talk about stress and hormones there. They they all tie in together, and, and and I do have a have a doctor up my way that I have some people that are in real trouble, and and sometimes they whether whether they, they they could be on some sort of you know antidepressant medication. But what I like to do is we like to do some bloods and find out what actually is going on internally. And I'm not talking yeah. bloods from a GP. We need to get because they're going to give you a range. And the range is so great. And if you're, you know, right at the bottom of the chart, but you're still in range, you're classified yeah, they just go, as normal. They just go, yeah, you're normal. That's fine. And if you're if you're a busy person and you're an athlete and you're training five six days a week and you're really stressing your body out, you do need to have your hormones in line. And you, what what I will find out, you know, probably ninety nine percent of the time, let's say at the moment there's people walking around tired, moody, grumpy, irritable, lack of libido basically a lethargic motivation of zero there, there's great indications right there of sort of low testosterone and the yeah. old saying grumpy old men that's where that comes from pretty much yeah. low, low testosterone Absolutely. that's going to happen to any male as they get over 35 years old so you have a long way to go yet joey before you get even more tired and grumpy and irritable <laughs> <laughs> if i'm like the way i am now i can't imagine what i'm going to be like Oh yeah, that's it. I think I think Lisa will end up like me. <laughs> so and it's so important to utilize these days of science, utilize the opportunity to be able to go get bloods done, especially females. I think it's very important too because 
you know, the, 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 again, I, I refer a lot to females because they definitely get the raw deal when it comes to losing body fat. And you think yeah. you and I can both agree there. It's a, it's a lot harder. It's a lot slower. So the best thing we can do is get some bloods done, find out what their estrogen levels are, find out what their testosterone levels are, find out what their progesterone levels are. And, and again, people don't know, progesterone makes testosterone. So if you've got no testosterone, you've probably got no progesterone. So you need progesterone to build your testosterone naturally. So without, that, that was just like a circle, wasn't it? But, yeah, <laughs> but, but that's but that's the but that's the gist of it. And if you if you basically if your hormones if they're not in a line, you will have erratic moods, and you will be grumpy, and you will be tired, and you will be irritable, and you will be all over the shot, and and you will be short, and you will get angry when you lose basketball games. So I lose a game of soccer, I'm like that's cool, man, sweet as, no worries. Yeah, no, I don't accept it. We'll just smash them next week, you know. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm just so not okay with it. <laughs> that's okay, mate. You're allowed to be. You're allowed to be competitive, mate. Yeah, well, I'm not good at bodybuilding, so I've got to make sure I'm good at something. Yeah, else. yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. If, what, I, what? if, I, can't, if I can't even beat you, so yeah, so. <laughs> I was pretty close, though, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. You, you're just saying that to make me feel better. Yeah, yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it worked. I feel great. But you're probably better at me than basketball. I would bloody hope so. Yeah, you'd hope so. I don't know, I'm pretty sharp, mate. I'm pretty sharp. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for about 20 years. So yeah, no. Nah. There's, there's something wrong. But basketball and golf? No. Nah. Don't, don't want to know the two games. Just go. Yeah, see, I'm not bad at golf, but I'm, 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 if I get flogged in that, I'm okay with that because I know that I'm not it's good not at it. It's not your sport, yeah. But if it's if, if I know that I'm good at it, I don't accept not not being the best. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm like, I'm, you know, like you, like I'm, you're okay at most sports. But I just can't play golf, mate. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Whether I'm too like, you know, I'm too jittery. I'm. I don't yeah, relax. Golf is hard. Yeah. Golf is hard. Like the thing with things like tennis, like the game moves a lot faster. Yeah, you, you're, you're running around. Golf. With golf, you get one shot every ten minutes, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like the shot has to be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Look, look, and and the thing is, I think again for me with my, I'm a bit, bit highly strung, which you probably know. So to slow me down and mm. time something. Nah, mate. Yeah. Nah, not and at the all, ball's mate. bloody this big. Tiny. Yeah, I know. I know that. I know. I know. And the, the, the head of a club, the surface <laughs> of it is like this. Like how the how the hell am I supposed to hit that perfectly? I know. Like hundred mile an hour. I know how small it is, Joey. <laughs> <laughs> Joey, we're gonna get to number one. Alrighty. So all we're right. we're counting down. All right. So we got. Let's count down from number ten. We're in metabolism. Then we're number nine. We spoke mental well-being. Stroke not ready. Number eight, we had the train intensity too low. Number seven, not enough food, under eating. Number six, poor diet and history. Number five, too much cardio before a, a diet. And then number four, okay, we had not enough muscle mass, okay, muscle control and metabolism. Then number three, not tracking, not tracking effectively. And number two, we just spoke about the hormones and stresses, which went on, which was pretty cool. And the number one, okay, which is... Look, it's it's pretty straightforward. It's pretty obvious. It's that word deficit, mate. That key word deficit. We've got deficit, deficit, surplus, maintenance. Now, most people in some sort of cut, they want to obviously get into that deficit scenario. So, far, without getting overly technical, there's our maintenance line down here. Is our fat burning stroke a deficit above here? Surplus, aka get fat. Most people during COVID are probably sitting between here and slipping here, and we're trying to get to this point here. So, Joey, how do people get in a deficit? <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I mean, you could, you could, 
answer this a hundred ways, but the easiest way to answer it is stop eating so much food and yeah. stop spending so much time on the couch. It's, I think a lot of people over, uh, like obviously we've, we've talked about nine other things. So it sounds like we're complicating things, but we've basically just outlined the things that might affect fat loss. And realistically, all those things affect your ability to be in a calorie deficit. Yeah. But the bigger picture is if you're not in the deficit, then you've eaten too much and you're not moving enough. Yeah, look, we're, we're, and we're, we've been pretty kind through this list too. Like we're, we're talking about all the things you know, that do matter. And there are things to, and these are things from a coach's perspective that we need to know. And these are things, these are tools in our tool bags that we need to, you know, go around. If a client says they are adhering to their diet and they are doing everything right and we've set the plan to be in the calorie deficit, then we need to obviously go to these things over here. But look, if you be realistic and look at as a whole, 90% of people that may not be progressing are simply not in that deficit. And, 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 And obviously, or they could be just, they might be in a deficit for five or six days. Then that, in the weekend, they have a, a bender or, or they go and have too many beers or they go and have a big cheat meal. That's going to take them potentially out of that deficit for the week. Because let's be realistic, Joey and viewers, what really matters is over the course of a seven-day period, if your body can handle 20,000 calories and hold at maintenance, you basically need to be below that to lose body fat. Let's just say 19,500 to pluck a number out of my head. But if you have an untracked cheat meal here and there and that happens to take you to... 20,000 or 21,000, I should say. Well, guess what? You're going to wonder why one, your weight went up or two, you didn't lose any weight. So even though you are good for six days, but if you overindulge in one specific day, you are not in the week in a total calorie deficit. So all that matters really, Joey, would you agree, is that total weekly calorie intake? Yeah, I I I think for most people, yeah, I think if you're in a contest prep, it's probably more more important that you do it day to day um, to risk any inconsistencies and fat loss and whatever. But for the most part, like you could periodize your calories uh, for, for most people, you could periodize your calories. So you could maybe have a couple of high days on the weekend. So your diet is more, I guess, sustainable for lack of a better term um, for the, for the week. And then you just push a little bit harder on those five days. Now I wouldn't necessarily do that in a contest prep. I'd want the person to be in some sort of deficit every single day mm. um, until we get to like a like a point in time where we can have some refeeds and we can have some diet breaks. Um, but for most people, like if you're a bit of a you know a weekend warrior, um, you could you could say like, all right, I'm going to be in a seven to eight hundred calorie deficit from Monday to Friday, and then I'm going to go back to maintenance or even bump myself up a little bit higher on the weekend so I can still live my life, but then just get shit done Monday to Friday. And that, that, that's, it's not optimal, but I mean, what is like, it's still an effective way to diet. And the best diet is the diet that you can stick to the one that you can be consistent with. Yeah. And it's, yeah, the other saying too is, you know, you can, you can borrow carbs from one day to another. And, and and again, it's, it's not optimal, but at the end of the day, if someone's, you know, got, their son's wedding or a kid's wedding or some very important event and they want to go and have two beers well you don't want to be the you know the big grim reaper here and and put a, and spoil the party so sometimes yeah. you go okay well look it's not ideal to be having this these alcohol during prep but you know what at the end of the day how about we just go you know what you can have two beers it's going to be 60 carbs approximately there let's just go 70 to round it off then it's going to take you around you know 70 times four so let's say it's about 250 calories that it's going to sacrifice so you can grab that, maybe reduce your intake of calories the day before by 250 and that will give you the two beers 
on the day that you want it. Again, not optimal, but there's times in life where you know there's important events, and and I want and I'm a social person, and I want people to socialize, and I encourage people to get out. So if it happened to be an event here and there. I'm all for it, but like I say, it's not not every day, not every week, because then it just becomes a, a bad habit. Yeah, absolutely, totally agree. So, Joey, I think I think we've covered most things there. Is there anything you can think of the top of your head that we may that we may not have covered? And anything else important in regarding weight loss? I think we again we had we had a list of about twenty, but we narrowed it down to ten. But I think I think we've basically covered most sort of things I can think of. There's no actual questions here, but there's a there's, there's quite a few viewers that are tuning in. So, guys, thank you all so much for tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I think we've given some good information here, Joey. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know. Sorry, did, I, I, wa- did, I, did I wake you up then, did I? Yeah, <laughs> If everyone hasn't, I love putting – I love giving a Joey. People haven't worked that out. It's fun. <laughs> you should you should see him when he's not on camera. Really. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't want people to listen to these things and think, you know, like, oh, the, the one reason I'm not losing weight is because my hormones are out of whack because that's not necessarily true. But those nine other things that we listed apart from being in a calorie deficit, if like have an effect or a direct effect on your ability to be in a calorie deficit, if your hormones are out of the, out of whack, that's probably going to reduce your maintenance calories, which means you might not be in a deficit. If you're not tracking correctly, you might be eating too much, not in a deficit. So the most important thing is that you find a way to be in a calorie deficit. I don't want to sound like a broken record, but that's how you lose body fat. You consume yeah. less calories than what you burn in a day. And being be, all them all them ten points there, Joey. You know, you got like I mentioned, we mentioned earlier. You got to be true to yourself too. Like you can't you can't bullshit yourself. Like seriously, you're just gonna look like a clown. Really, yeah. you know what I mean? There's no point fudging. When it comes to weight loss, if things aren't working, find out which one it is and fix it. You know what yep. I mean, and and go from there. But you know, there's no point fudging anyone. It's you know, you're not doing yourself any justice, and nor are you going to get your goal anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But Joey, I think we're going to wrap it up, guys. Thank you so much for this uh, this little this little two series. It's been good fun, isn't it, Joey? Yeah, yeah. Thanks everyone for tuning in. Really appreciate it, and thanks for having me on as well. What's it's, a, it's an honor. What's a oh, thanks, mate. Cheers. It's honor to have you on, mate. <laughs> what's a bedtime now? What happens now? Seven thirty. Oh, yeah, about half an hour, mate. Are you an early bird? Did you get up early? Uh, I've actually got to get up early tomorrow, so I'll probably be in bed soon. I've got a couple more emails to do, and then I'll be hitting the hay. Yep. Well, I'm still in the office. I'll be out of here about 8. So we're going to wrap this up, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been good fun. And there's no doubt, Joey, that I'm going to invite you back in, in, in the next couple of weeks because I've got 100 topics in my head that, that I want to chat about, and I think um, – yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of good answers that we can answer together to help people out and and help them with their weight loss goals. Beautiful. Well, I'm here all for it, mate. Fabulous, guys. Thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. I just got to. All right, guys. Bye, bye.